Well, good morning. It is a busy day, and I appreciate y'all being here so much. And it's going to be a glorious day, and you guys are here in uh, good numbers. And I have uh, told you this before, but um, to teach this class is just one of the greatest joys. And I enjoy preaching and uh, love to preach, but I enjoy being in this wonderful class. And you guys are so encouraging. I uh, have a busy day, and like many of you, I'm prone to allergies, so pray for me. I'm, uh, I'm allergic to two or three things. Uh, Satan, for one, I'm allergic to him. And, uh, but anyway, just pray today. Mark chapter 16 is uh, where we're going to head. But I've uh, been looking at the Gospel of Mark for about three, four months. Today we're going to finish up the uh, studies in the book of Mark. Remember that Mark was writing to a Roman audience. Mark is moving quickly. It's always, Jesus did this, and then immediately. That's Mark's favorite word. Immediately. And so Mark moves quickly through the Gospel. Today, as we look at Mark 16, verses 15 through 18, I've given us a title, Parting Words. Parting Words. Do you remember some famous parting songs? Bye-bye love. Bye-bye what? Bye-bye love. Bye-bye love. Is that it? Okay. Hello, happiness. There you go. Sound of music, right? I'm leaving on a jet plane. Yeah, like that one. See you later, alligator. How about old Bob Hope? Thanks for the memories. What? Happy trails, yeah. Sleep tight. Da -da. All I got is a melody on that. Yeah, Freddie. Yeah, how about bring it up modern song by the Bee Gees? We never say goodbye. It's called eternity. Is that right? By the Bee Gees. Okay, I, I don't know that one. <laughs> You know, this. Yeah, that's right. That's right. God be with you till we meet again. How about that? How about um, blessed be the tie that binds? That's a good one. God be with you till we meet again. I think Cindy played that a moment ago. All kinds of goodbye songs. And I, I remember they were talking about Lawrence Well. I remember as a child, my mama boy put me in front of the TV and that was our routine. Watched uh, Lawrence Well. Now, maybe you've got a favorite goodbye song. Maybe you don't. But Jesus is trying to find a way to say goodbye. Now, when I was in high school, I dated some girls. I tried to find a way to say goodbye to them, all right? 
And, and you know, I had some girls try to find a way to say goodbye to me, and they were quite successful at that. But uh, you and I, you and I at times try to find the right words to say goodbye. And so let's look at the words of Jesus here. Mark 16, beginning in verse 15, I'll read through 18. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Now, when you look at that goodbye, Jesus is specific about what He wants His people to do. Now, sometimes we hear a message, but we don't really hear it. That's why Jesus many times said, let him who has ears, let him hear. He's saying, not only listen, but really, really listen to my words. Uh, Sylvia Rich came in here a while ago and she said, uh, turn your microphone off. She said, we're hearing all your conversations over in the sound booth. <laughs> I said, okay, so you know, a while ago they were saying turn it on. Now they're saying turn it off. But, but sometimes people hear things that we don't want them to hear. But Jesus is concerned with those who need to hear getting the message. So, Mark 16. Jesus is on the earth. How long after the resurrection? Forty days. He's here 40 days between the resurrection and the ascension. Now, in that 40-day time period, He is moving. He's here. He's there. He's everywhere. He is almost omnipresent. Not quite yet. Because He's still in this glorified body. But during that time period... He gave words of comfort. Man, there's a power in you and I saying a word of comfort. Hey, God's with you. God bless you. Peace be to you. I mean, there's power in just good, encouraging, edifying words. Because man, you turn on the TV, it's a downer. Man, I'm sick and tired of the news. It's a downer. You turn it on, it is doom and despair. It is just so discouraging. And that's why the people of God, we just need to give edifying words. I uh, saw Stella Crumpton last week and was over at Wildwood Downs, had a great visit with her. And, and she, she just has a wonderful smile. And I said, Stella, you've got such a beautiful, glorious smile. And it was a blessing to her. Man, when you and I look at someone, find something good to say. Amen. I know it's tough. 
Find something good to say. Now, words of comfort. Jesus also gave words of hope. Man, I love gospel hymn singing. I remember years ago, on Sunday nights, on fifth Sunday, we had something called hymn singing. Not singing, hymn singing. Alright? Man, we'd show up, people would say, you know, sing this, sing that. And boy, we got that old Baptist hymnal that babies used to chew on, cut their teeth on. I mean, there were teeth marks all over those things. But we would get those old hymnals. I still remember the hymnal we had in, in high school. Page 475 was Victory in Jesus. I, I still remember that. Hymn number 182, Just As I Am. I had them memorized. Now, when you and I talk about hymns of hope, we sing, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Man, that's not only good singing, it's good theology. It is. So, words of hope. But Jesus also gave words of instruction. Words of instruction. So funny, I was talking to someone the other day and they were talking about one of our ministers on staff. I'm not, not going to name him. But uh, he, he was in, uh, in a deaf class, deaf ministry class. And so he walked in there and, and uh, you know, he wasn't sure who all was in there. And so he was talking rather loud and rather slowly. <laughs> and so he was in there going, Hey, Jill, I'm here. You know, be sure to mark me present. And Jill said, those who are deaf are not here. Everybody in here can hear. <laughs> but he didn't know that. Now, sometimes when there are words of instruction, we say, boy, that's right. That guy over there, he sure need to hear that. Yeah, sometimes the preaching, we say, yeah, that person over there, boy, that, yeah, sick them. They sure need that. Man, Jesus said, these are words of instruction for all of us. You know, I don't care how many times, you know, Harold and, and Phil, they can attest to this. It doesn't matter how many times you look at a chapter or a verse. There's always something new there. God's Word is living, powerful. And when you look at the Word of God, because there's life in it, I don't care how many times, I don't care how many commentaries, Man, God's Holy Spirit, there's always a new word. There's always a fresh word. There's always a powerful word. Am I on preaching ground? I am. There's always a new word that God has for us. These parting words from Mark are for us today. Alright, you got your ears open. Here we go. Look at this. Number one. There is a requirement. A requirement. Look in verse number 15. And He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the Gospel to all creation. I had somebody tell me one time, they said, Now, preacher, we're not worried about Lottie Moon. We're not worried about those people over there in Timbuktu. Because after all, we've got to reach our neighborhood 
before we worry about them. I said just one problem with that. It's not biblical. Because the Bible says, go into all the world all at the same time. Man, we're to do it all. Now, the message there, verse 15, Jesus said, preach the Gospel. Preach the Gospel. The Gospel is the wonderful story how that a lost sinner can give his life to a living Lord and God can save him forever. Man, what a wonderful message. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look there real quick in your Bible, alright? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 and 4. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3 and 4. Now, Paul there gives us the definition of the Gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. Barry, you got it? Go ahead, read that for us. What I received, I passed on to you as a first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. Yeah, that's the Gospel. Three things. It is the death of Christ, the burial of Christ, and the resurrection of Christ. And so, Jesus is saying, tell the world of my death. Tell the world of my burial. But don't forget, tell the world, I am alive. He is a living Lord. Man, I am so glad. I don't have to go to a tomb to worship my Lord. He ain't there. I have a living Lord. He lives in me. And I've got power in my life today because the life of Christ lives in me. Man, listen. He is there. I know it. I talked to Him this morning. He's there. I have a living Lord. Well, also we find the mission field in verse 15. Go into all the world. No place is off limits. No group is to be left out. No sinner is too lost. No one is to be neglected. Everyone, now listen to this. Everyone has the right to hear the Gospel in their heart language. They do. That's why we send missionaries. Everyone has the right to hear the Gospel in their heart language. Ryan Dupree, I love it when he baptizes someone and and does it in Spanish or does it in Burmese. I love it when we dedicate babies. Dr. E is saying, I don't know how to pronounce this name. Ryan steps up and does it. I love it because that is the power of the Gospel. Well, verse 15 again talks about the method. It says, and preach, and preach. Now, this fits me well. Not just because I'm called to preach, because it's my nature. I don't like debate. You know, if I want my car fixed, I I don't want to debate with a mechanic. 
You know, just just fix it. You know, if my washing machine needs to be fixed, I, I don't want to debate. Just fix it. If I go to the dentist, and you know the dentist is saying, "Well, we got to do this," I, I don't want to debate. Man, just just fix it. All right. I, I don't need to know what you're going to drill out, what kind of amalgam you're. I mean, just fix it. I don't need to know all that. Now, preaching is not debating. Preaching is not a dialogue. It is a monologue. It is someone standing up, covered in the blood of Christ, filled with the Spirit of God, opening up their mouth and saying, Thus saith the Lord. Man, we're not going to debate that. We don't have to understand it. It's just someone saying, here is a message from the Word of God. There's power in that. Power in that. Alright, D.L. Moody one time. D.L. Moody one time said, I'm just the paper boy throwing the news against the door. If the door is opened, that is the responsibility of the hearer. I love that quote. It's not my job to be the Holy Spirit. It's not my job to be on the other end. I just throw it. And then it's up to the hearer to open up the door. So the requirement for the saints is to share the good news. Share the story. All of us in this room who are saved, you've got a story. God saved you on a particular day. God saved you in a particular way. You heard the Gospel. That is unique to you. Alright, moving on. Number two. Not only do we find a requirement, but number two, the responsibility of the sinner. Now, 16 and 17 is the responsibility of the sinner. By the way, don't let somebody off the hook. I, I did a, uh, an insert here earlier this morning. What that is, you go into the sanctuary when you're preaching and, and you get up there and you stand and do an insert. And, and so I recorded a little message that they'll see on TV. And I said, uh, hey, I preached today on having a new attitude. <laughs> and if God's convicted you, if you need a, a new attitude in your life, call this number. Somebody wants to pray with you. Now listen, there's something in your life always that needs to be tweaked or improved. Not a one of us can walk on the water. Not a one of us. There, there's none of us that are going to be in a statue on an ivory tower. We all have something. Sinners have a responsibility to respond to the message. Alright? We need to answer. The Bible says in verse 16, the one who has Believed. Believed. Salvation is the work of faith in the heart of the sinner. I don't know how many times I've preached and nobody came. How many times I've shared the Gospel and someone turned me down. And I thought, man, I'm just so defeated. Let me tell you what God says. God says you never know what's happening in someone's heart. You never know what God is doing behind the scenes. 
you never know. Does not the prophet say God's Word will never, never return void or empty? It will always accomplish what He wants it to. Well, the sinner needs to answer. But they also need to act. The Bible says here, it's, it's an interesting verse, one that's kind of controversial. Verse 16, it says, believe and has been baptized. Now, we got some other brethren that look at that and say, uh-huh, you got to be baptized to be saved. Well, they need to look a little bit closer. Because actually, the phrase could read like this. He who has believed and because they are baptized. In other words, it is because of their belief that they've been baptized. You might say, well, how do you know that? Well, I know that by the rest of the verse. It goes on to say, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. Belief is the issue, but the first act of obedience by any child of God is to walk through the waters of baptism. Now, I've dealt with a lot of folks through the years. And some have told me, well, I'm saved, but I've never been baptized. And I want to say, are you sure that you're saved? It's like being married, but you don't want to tell anybody. It's like dating, but you don't want anyone to know it. You know what? I, we got a girl here that works on staff. Her name is Becca. Becca's a college uh, admin, works with uh, Rob now. Becca got engaged not too long ago. Becca's going to get married. She got a ring on her finger. She sits like this. <laughs> Man, we almost have to wear sunglasses when we're around her. She's polishing that diamond, showing it off. Why is that? Because she's proud of the ring? Well, I hope that's not the only reason. No! She's proud of the bow that she's going to marry. Man, when you and I walk through the waters of baptism, we are saying, man, Jesus is my Lord. I'm proud of Him. I've given my life to Him. He's in my heart. Forever I'm saved. I mean, there's, there's pride. A good kind of pride in being baptized. Alright. Verse 16 goes on to say, But he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. Now the word condemned there, pull it out look at it. That word condemned is a strong, strong word. The message paraphrase gets it right. In a strong paraphrase, the message Bible says, whoever refuses to believe is damned. Strong word. To be condemned. But you look at it in the message Bible. They got it right. Because we are condemned if we fail to accept. A sinner has a responsibility. 
All right, third, third, moving right on, all right? Third and last here, I think. Number three. The recognition of His servants. And that's verses 17 and 18. Now, I'll have to confess, boy, when I read 17 and 18, well, there's some fear there. His servants will be recognized. Mark closes by giving this special, special passage here. Saying that there will be a separation between the people of God and those of the world. The word signs you find in verse 17. These signs. Now what what do you use a sign for? Well, you read it. It points to something. Mark is saying, Jesus is saying that there will be a sign on the life of a believer that's going to give testimony. It will separate them from the world. Now in verse 17, casting out demons. Speak with new tongues. Also we find in verse 18, they will pick up a poisonous serpent. By the way, they all are. They will drink poison. They'll lay their hands on the sick. And there will be healing. I was up in West Virginia one time and up in the mountains. I was telling John this story earlier. I was up in West Virginia on a mission trip and way... I mean, we were way up in the hollers. And the pastor of this church, he was just messing with me. We were getting ready to have church. He turned to his wife. Her name was Martha. He said, okay, Martha, go get the snakes. <laughs> I said, no! He just laughed. Well, what does it mean? Well, it means that the early church had this wonderful power, these sign gifts. And God authenticated and God confirmed the Gospel message by casting out demons, speaking with new tongues, with these wonderful miracles that were taking place. One time in the book of Acts, Simon Peter was simply walking down the road and the shadow of Peter just fell on someone and they got healed. The power of a shadow. I was in Hawaii one time and riding on a boat. The boat was going up, it was going down. Going up, going down. And my stomach was going up, it was going down. We were off the coast of Maui and getting ready to snorkel and Man, I tell you what, I was I was green. Not green with envy, but green seasick. I mean, I was green. I told Pam, I said, I think I'm going to die. <laughs> and a guy that was on the boat, that worked on the boat, said, I got something that will fix you up. 
He went over there and fixed me a drink. <laughs> and he gave it to me. And I drank that, and in five minutes, I was cured. I said, what? what was the drink? He said, oh, he said, it was ginger ale, and then I ground up some fresh ginger powder and put in there too and stirred it all up. I said, man, you've got the gift of healing. <laughs> I said, praise the Lord. Well, it's a token. A sign is a token. Now, when you talk about servants being recognized, they could be recognized in the first century by these miracles that they did. Now stay with me on this. I want you to connect this. Today, I'm not going to leave, as far as I know, and handle a snake. Today, I'm not going to leave and handle or drink any deadly poison. I'm not going to do that. Well, the miracles all have you seen say, I That's right. I'm not going to do that either. Alright? But here, here is the part that you not need to get. The sign gift today is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things are passed away. All things become new. Man, a lost world today, they're going to see your new life in Christ. And that's going to be the sign. That's the sign gift. I was at Sam's one time buying some tires. And the guy behind the counter was a Messianic Jew. And he had someone cornered. And he was sharing with them about his thrill in finding the Messiah. He said, Jesus, Jesus Christ, is the Messiah that we've been looking for. And my heart just leaped when I heard Him sharing and prophesying. And I thought to myself, that is a sign gift of the unbeliever. That's what Mark's talking about. He's talking about you and I sharing our new life. So, parting words. The requirement. Share the Gospel responsibility of a sinner to accept the recognition of his servants a sign that you got a new life let me close here real quick by sharing a story with you uh, I read this last week about the Titanic you know a lot of the stories have been written about the sinking of the Titanic 1498 people went into the water. 1,498. Six were rescued. And those six that were rescued out of the water, there was one guy who refused to be rescued. His name was John Harper. And John Harper was walking up to people, trying to get them on a lifeboat. And John Harper would ask them, do you know Jesus in a personal way? If they said yes, He passed them by. But if they said no, He said you need to get on the lifeboat. 
because you're not prepared. And story upon story upon story has been told about this guy. In fact, he's called the angel of mercy for the Titanic. And I thought to myself, you never know. We never know who's the last person God has for us to share the Gospel with. Who's going to be the person that's going to see your life and be reminded that we can be something new and wonderful in Christ? Let me pray for us. Father, I thank You for these parting words. Lord, I pray today for now energy to preach. Lord, I've got warmed up. I'm fired up. Lord, I'm ready to go. And I pray that You'll bless as we hear from the Apostle Paul and the book of Philippians. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.